0: Will you take your Bibles, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 4? One verse of Scripture this morning Ephesians 4 and verse 25. I want to remind you that in Ephesians 4, we enter into Christianity in shoes. It's one thing to know some of the the doctrines, to know that we are saved. In fact, I was thinking as we were singing, and I was listening to you singing and meditating in my own heart. As we were singing, open my eyes, open my heart. Do you realize what that would be like? if in a real way, our eyes and our hearts would be open to see God as we have never seen him in a long time. Let let me remind you of, of what happened when God gave the Ten Commandments and he thundered from Sinai. The people were shaken and they said to Moses, you speak to us, don't let God speak to us. This is a fearful thing. Uh, In the presence of God where Jacob was not sure that it was God, Jacob said, God was in this place and I didn't know it. My dear friends, if we should see God, if God should open our eyes to see something of who He is, we wouldn't be the same people. That is a transforming experience. That is a converting moment. that is a moment in which you and I no longer desire to stay as we are, but that we become more and more like the one that we are seeing. And so Ephesians chapter four is, 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 is really Christianity in shoes from the heights, from the heights. of of doctrinal teaching, the fact that God is making us His people, the fact that we are becoming God's workmanship, that God is redesigning our lives in the light of all this. The word that you will find in Ephesians 4, again and again, is the word, wherefore, therefore, wherefore, therefore. Because that word, therefore, means in the light of what has been said, now do this. In the light of what has been said. Now I want you to think this way. Letha, she looked at my title. I gave this message three or four different titles this week. And she said, which one do you want? (laughs) So I have one on the screen. And I have one in my uh, notes here. Mine is the superiority of Christian communication. The superiority of Christian communication communication listen to this one verse but so full of meaning that it would be to our shame if we did not get the the depth of what god is saying because christian communication our speaking our conversation is to be so different by means of character than the world as we shall see in a minute i read the text therefore And remembering one of my old teachers in college, when it is therefore, you ask what it is therefore. (laughs) Laying aside falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Or we are members of one another. Therefore, Laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Father, take your word and drive it home to our hearts. May we hear it, may we feel it, may we obey it, and may our conversation be different because we are obeying you. May I speak, Lord, as one commissioned to do so, so that I do not speak my mind on the text, I speak the text to our minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please listen to this introduction. I hope it is not too technical, and you will see why I say that. Malcolm Muggridge was one of britain's leading journalists during the second world war a brilliant brilliant mind i've sat and listened to to videotapes by mugridge again and again because of his tremendous use of the english language to sit and listen to mugridge is a treat he's no longer with us but uh, became a christian became a christian one day he was so distressed with, with the whole religious setting and uh, he got in the presence of Mother Teresa. And Mugwidge was being critical of Christianity. And Teresa said to him, My friend, I think that you have your eyes in the wrong direction. You're looking at the wrong person you should look on Jesus. And that was like a dagger in Mugridge's heart. At that moment, he realized that he has been looking and interpreting Christianity from the failures of those who claim to be Christians, rather than understanding Christianity from the life of the one who is indeed the source. So Muggridge is now writing in his book, And this is what he talks about when he talks about truth. He said this, and I quote, Truth is very beautiful. As I consider, it is more beautiful than justice. Because in justice, you can put on a false face. In the nearly seven decades I have lived through, the world has overflowed with bloodshed, explosions, whose dust has never had time to settle before other dusts erupted. All the wars and the bloodshed supposed to be just causes. The quest for justice continues. The weapons and the hatred pile up. But truth has been the casualty in all of them. Then Listen listen to this. The lies of advertising... I, I was sitting for a few moments watching the, the, the memorial open um, and, and some of you will think, how can you do that? Well, I, I have to have some fault. The memorial open, of course, is the golf match that is being played in Cleveland and in, anyone who sits down and watches golf has to be pitted. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm asking for your pity. <laughs> but in the midst of this Came this 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 advertisement. And and, and this, this fellow was 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 a dud. He was not attractive, he didn't have any 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 power with the, with the ladies, and then someone gave him the right chewing gum. <laughs> and once he got the chewing gum, life changed for him. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie. But we buy into it. We buy into it. So Mugridge says, the lies of advertising, of news, of salesmanship, of politics, the lies of the priest in the pulpit, the lies of the professor at his podium, the journalist, when I read this I thought I've got to make sure, you know how long this was written, the lies of the journalist at the typewriter. The computer, would say now. Listen, listen to his description. The lie stuck like a fishbone in the throat of the microphone. The lie stuck like a fishbone in the throat of the microphone. The handheld lies of the prowling cameraman. And then he introduces Ignatius Salon uh, to us who was a cameraman who, who used to ca- um, record things for the Communist Party. He said there was a committee of communists that met together. Strategy was under discussion. And a delegate who was a newcomer to this, to this um, uh, conversation made an extraordinary observation that if such and such a statement were put out, it wouldn't be true. I bet you wonder if, I'm, if I've lost my way. I haven't. Because when he said that, there was silence. There was silence. That wouldn't be true. The silence was broken up with everyone beginning to laugh. They laughed and laughed until tears ran down their cheeks and the Kremlin wall was seemingly shaken. Shaken. The same laughter echoes in every council chambers, cabinet rooms, where two or three are gathered together to exercise authority. It isn't God that had died, it is truth. It isn't God that had died, it is truth. We live in an age of professional lying. I was on my way to Portland yesterday afternoon where I was speaking. And, and I stopped at Lancaster Mall, and as I was going in, I needed to check something for my refrigerator, and so I, I, I just walked by a guy who had his, just making a, a phone call, and he said, I could hear him. I wasn't standing up to listen. I just got there at the right time. And he said, I don't appreciate the lie you told me yesterday. I don't appreciate the lie you told me yesterday. As I read this about Mugridge, what he says, the lies of the priest in the pulpit. Isn't it astonishing that Christianity is supposed to be unique because of its character, its conduct, and its conversation, and yet it seems that we are almost no different than anyone else when we are supposed to be unique in the way we speak this is what paul said you have come into connection with god you are being changed into his image therefore laying aside falsehood speak truth every one of you with his neighbor for we are members one of the other Consider with me right now the integrity of Christian communication. The integrity of Christian communication. On what do we base our conversation? The scripture is not silent with that. Look in verse 24 of Ephesians 4. uh, Verse 23 and 24. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self Which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. The foundation for our conversation is deeply rooted in that we have not only been created in the image of God, we have been recreated to be like God. This is what the text says. The new self which is, which is created by God is created in righteousness and holiness of truth. So that the foundation for our conversation is that we are connected. We are expressing the likeness of how God speaks, so we speak. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 4 says that God is a God of truth without iniquity. God never has a second meaning to his word, nor does he ever speak to deceive. Jesus made the statement I am the truth. So if I am created in the likeness of God to speak, to communicate, to have conversation, my conversation must be like God's conversation, it must have the same character. It must have the same integrity. See, I do not speak the truth because I'm afraid of the consequences. I do, not, I do not tell a lie because I'm afraid of the consequences. I speak the truth because my life has been remade. My life is const- constantly being remade into the likeness of God. And if God speaks... I, I heard something yesterday that blew my mind. It is still under consideration a certain denomination was, was paying its 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 priests to leave the ministry rather than to be confronted with the fact of what they were doing, which was very, very, very wrong and evil. I mean, this is news, lies from the pulpit. Lies from the priest. If God is truth. And God is transparent. Then my friends if I am made in his likeness. If I am remade in his likeness. Then I speak. Listen to the psalmist. Let the words of my mouth. And the meditation in my heart be acceptable to you. So that whenever I speak to you, you should have every confidence that this is not a man who is trying to deceive me. This is not a man who has an ulterior motive in what he's saying. His conversation is based upon the fact that he is accountable to God. I am accountable to God whenever I speak because if I am being renewed in the spirit of my mind, when I speak, I speak truth. That's why our conversation has to be different. We, our conversation does not suit the times. I know what might be going through some of your minds right now, but what about people who lie in the Bible? You know, you know what I... Forgive me. I wanted to say, I'll tackle that on Wednesday nights and you can come. But that would be deceptive, wouldn't it? But it will take more than that half an hour To deal with Rahab who lied. And Jacob who lied. The one thing I will say as I've studied those people is this. There are people who lie in the Bible, but God never used their lies. Never. He used the people who lied, but never the lies of the people. But that does not give me any freedom to lie. Because if I am made in the likeness of God... If I speak as one who is, who is recreated in the likeness of God, then I will speak truth. How does this take place? Look at the preparation for communication. The apostle said we should put away falsehood. So that before I am encountered with a situation that would tempt me to lie, I have made pre-arrangements in my mind, in my commitment that I will never lie. That I will not lie. Put away falseness. Put away falsehood. Deal with yourself. There's a remarkable verse of scripture in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Daniel was in a strange land, Babylon. They served other gods. To them, lying was a way of life, if you please. Didn't matter. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 said, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not eat the king's meat or be defiled by it. When did he purpose? When he was confronted with it? No. Before he was. He actually prepared himself. He purposed. He decided, I'm going to put away. I'm going to put away these things. Uh, do, Do you know that the CEO of Yahoo was just dismissed because of lying. You see, he said that he had degrees which he didn't have. Recently, a congressman was confronted by the fact that he made some remarks that he had he had served in a war and that he had achieved accomplishments when he hadn't. See, if these people had, had actually get with themselves and consider what is the purpose of my statement. Why am I having to lie? Am I fearful that if I don't tell the truth, I will will not get what I want? Or if I tell the truth, I will not get what I want. So, we prepare ourselves. Look with me, very briefly, at Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs 20 and verse 17. This practical book says this, Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth will be filled with gravel. Bread obtained by falsehood. The man or the woman who gets something by deception has to be protecting his deception again and again and again. He cannot face himself. He cannot face others as we shall see in a few moments. And so how do we, what do we do? We lay aside, we conclude that if I am made in the likeness of God, in the image of God, in my human creation, and I am remade in the renewing of the spirit of my mind, in my spiritual relation, then when, when I speak, I cannot speak falsehood if I am speaking as one relating to and from God. I cannot. I look at myself in the mirror and I will say to myself, God is in control of outside of this where I am, beyond where I am, and if I am wise, the the prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the naive proceed and pay the penalty for it. If I am prudent, I put away falsehood at the very beginning. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> when, when I was being ordained, they, they asked me certain questions. And it would be easy to be religious. I, you know, most of my life was in Canada. And unless you're going to send a delegation to Canada to find out about Winston Thurton, I I could tell you almost anything. But my friends, I couldn't, you see. Because in responding to the questions, I was not responding to the questioner. I was responding to the one to whom I am accountable. And if I lay aside... It means that before I am confronted with any temptation to lie in my conversation, whatever it may be, I conclude this. If there is one thing I will not do in my communication, it will be I will not lie. Not because I'm afraid of the consequences, but because I will be dishonoring. I'll be saying either I am rejecting God's likeness in me or that God has never started the process in the first place. The preparation for communication. So that each day, as I begin my day, I conclude this, Lord, is how my day is to be spent in talking and sharing with people. Look at the distinction. Look at the distinction of Christian, education, uh, Christian communication. If you lay aside, here's your, your preparation is laying aside. Now here's the distinction. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Jesus, in Matthew 5, 37, says, Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Someone said when 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 you're taking a test and you don't know the answer, the worst thing to do is to pile answer upon answer upon answer because it proves you don't know it. Either say I don't know it or make, make your answer brief. If you make your answer brief, you can get away with a lot of things. You see, because the more you add words, you know what you do? You just get yourself deeper. Did you see how I got out of it last week when I said my wife wasn't here? All I said, oh, okay, I was just going to talk about her aunt. See, if I, have, if I try to explain it, I'd be in trouble. Jesus said, let your yea be yea, your yea be nay. So speak that you never have to say, oh, no. Here's here's what's, the book of Zechariah 8.16 says this. God speaking. These are the things you are to do. Zechariah 8.16. Speak the truth to one another. Judge with truth. And judge in peace in your gates speak the truth never be afraid of it embrace it because by so doing please listen when you speak the truth here's what you do friends you you struck you strike a blow in satan because satan is the father of lies And when we participate in what Satan, from Satan's uh, category, we're denying that God is in control. I'll come back to that in in a minute. The highest reason we must speak the truth is that lying is from the old self, and the old self was ruled by Satan. For us, truth doesn't depend upon circumstances, it reveals the rule of God in my life. That's why I speak the truth. The rule of God. And, and let, let me suggest to you, friends, that this is a constant battle. Constant battle for everyone. The only person who never had to battle this was our Lord, because he was the ultimate and the quintessential truth. But for you and me, we, we, we have a fallen nature. You and me, we, we, we want to protect ourselves. That's that's not news. We have to battle this every day. Did you remember to do this? And you forgot. But if you say you forgot, they might think you're old. So you find some other answer for it. The police says to you, do you realize you were driving 30 miles over the speed limit? And said, oh no, I couldn't have been. We're hoping that he believes us and then he doesn't. I can go on and on, friends. Very regular, regular thing. Please listen. The greatest difficulty in our Christian life to speak the truth is not to speak the truth about the big things is to be consistent with the little things. To be consistent with them. When a simple yay or nay would do, because we feel we have to say something beyond what is true, then we get ourselves into great, great difficulties. The distinction of Christian communication is that we speak the truth. What is the truth? It is to be trusted. It is to be faithful. It is to be believable. It is to be consistent. That's what truth is. Interestingly enough, the the, the root word for truth is the the word, uh, we get our word lego from it. And, and, And when you put a lego, what do you do? If you put the pieces in the wrong place, you'll never get what you want. You've got to put the pieces in the right places. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. We are to spo- supposed to speak the truth. We're supposed to be trustworthy with our words. We're supposed to be worthy of God's likeness in us, in our communication. We're supposed to judge in truth. Thirdly, the importance of Christian Communication. What's the importance? Again, in verse 25, the Apostle Paul goes on, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What's the importance of Christian communication? First, the audience. The audience. Speak truth with our neighbor. And I can hear someone saying, Who is my neighbor? That's the question that was asked to Jesus. Who is my neighbor? Because when I was a child, our neighbor used to be the person that lived next to us, next door to us. And I have never been able to understand the words of Jesus before I was a Christian about what does it mean to be a neighbor? Lloyd Ogilvy has a wonderful word. He said, the, the pivotal question is not who is my neighbor. The pivotal question is, Am I a neighbor? Am I a neighbor? Am I the kind of person that speaks the truth? Who is our neighbor? Please listen, friends. Our neighbor is anyone who shares our humanity. Whoever that person might be, however far that person, as long as that person is a human being, he shares my, my, my he's my neighbor, she's my neighbor. I want to give you a quick rundown of something that happened Back in the late 80s, but just listen, just listen, because this is what I want you to see: that that my neighbor is anyone who is a part of the human race. This is taken from a book called "Can Man Live Without God." Russian Air Force. To this day, we wonder if we have heard the truth. You may recall the Russian leaders immediately surrounding the story. Of the, um, some of you will remember KAL-007 that was um, um, shot down by the Russian Air Force. And, and so they were trying to find the truth of this. One of the strongest claims the Russians made in their defense was the investigation of the navigation lights in the Korean Airlines that, that they were off and were not turned on when the pilot was ordered to do so. Sometime later, the recording of the conversation in the cockpit were retrieved by another nation's intelligence network. In his evening program, Ted Koppel said to William Safire, interviewing Vladimir Posner, the Russian newspaper Pravda. As, as Safire and Posner began their exchange, Safire reminded Posner that the tape recording of the entire conversation was now on hand. Posner acknowledged that fact. The questioning ran something like this. Mr. Posner, your authorities have up to this time insisted that KAL-007 did not have its navigation lights on. That's right, said the Russian representative. But in the recording, we hear one of your pilots saying the lights were indeed on. Oh, yes, continued Posner. The light he's referring to are the lights in the other comrade circling the Korean airline. With a prosecutor's glee, Sapphire shot back. But the tape recording went something like this. Target's lights are on. Since, one does not, uh, since, one, since when does one of your pilots refer to his comrade as a target? There was a conspicuous silence from Mr. Prosner, followed by some mumbling that clearly refocused the dialogue. See, if you are being countered by the truth, you change the conversation. But, but listen to this. What got my attention to this story with, was this. This story was being printed by the Russian newspaper Pravda. Now, does anyone speak Russian in here? What does that word mean? Truth. And here's a newspaper printing lies deliberately to deceive not only one nation in Korea, one nation in in, uh, in, in Russia, but the United States and the rest of the world. See, our neighbor, my friend, is whoever is a human being. That's who our neighbor is. The world becomes a better place when we speak truth. The world becomes a place of suspicion when we speak lies see a neighbor is any human being let me quickly get to the relevance of speaking the truth not only are we to speak it with our neighbors but we're to speak it with our neighbors because we are members one of another when I lie to you I do something to myself, not only to you, because we are members for one another, of one another in the human race. And listen to John Stott. Fellowship is built on trust, trust is built on truth. So falsehood undermines fellowship while truth strengthens it. And then Paul narrows this. Not only are we a part of the human race, But we are a part of the body of Christ. And when we lie to one another, or if we lie to one another, we not only lie to others, we lie to ourselves, but not only do we lie to ourselves, we lie to Him. Because we are in His likeness. So that that if I tell the truth, my wife can always trust me, my husband can always trust me, My my children can always trust me. My boss can always trust me because I realize, especially within the confines of the church, that when I speak, I am representing God and God is not the source of untruth. John McKay writes this A lie is a stab into the very vitals of the body of Christ. This is so because a lie is a sable shaft from the kingdom of darkness. There is no place in Christian ethics for well-intentioned lie. In, 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 In the moral behavior which Christ inspires, the end never justifies the means. That's why our conversation should be superior. We are not, we're not looking to see how we can defend ourselves. We are seeking how we can manifest the name of God. To speak like God speaks the truth. In Titus chapter 1 verse 10. <laughs> Read this verse. Read it for yourself. The island of Crete had a reputation. And this is, the, this is the repetition of the Cretian, They are all liars. That's his, history. That's not simply a biblical. That's what Paul is saying. The history, the reputation of the island of Crete is that they are all liars. My prayer is, friends, that people might talk about liars in the United States and Canada. They might talk about liars in New York. They might talk with liars in Salem, Oregon. They might talk about liars... In Lebanon, but when they get to Soderville Evangelical Church, let us speak the truth one of another because we are members one of another and that our truth comes from our likeness in obedience to Him. Let us pray. Father, this word is not to anyone in particular, but to all of us in general. That we will be the kind of people that speak truth. We are trustworthy. We are believable. We are faithful. Because those are things that are true of the one in whose likeness we are being made. So I pray that if this word has struck a chord in any of our hearts this morning... That the response will be to the Holy Spirit, not to the man standing before the people, but to the Holy Spirit who is bringing conviction, telling us, calling us, commanding us to speak the truth because we are members one of another in Jesus' name.